Hello and welcome to In Defense of, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Dan McIntyre. And I'm Aaron Massey. And we just want to say welcome to the first season of this podcast. So um, we're just putting the finishing touches um, before we start releasing. And we thought it'd be a good idea to do sort of an introductory episode where we introduce ourselves, the concept Mm -hmm. of the show, and kind of what to expect from here on out. Yeah. Aaron, what uh, (laughs) what has this podcast taught you so far? (laughs) Uh, it's been a journey for sure uh Mm -hmm. patience uh (laughs) you know a new way to view movies to get myself out of my own head uh i guess in like the normal way that i would uh view movies so yeah how about yourself um oh man so much yeah definitely a lot of patience uh it's taught me that people love to hate things Mm -hmm. um and that there's uh, there's kind of this arms race that happens when any sort of new content comes out where everyone either wants to dogpile on it or they want to hoist it up on their shoulders. It all depends on kind of how they feel, you know, where the mob's going. And no, it's been really, really interesting. I've learned that um, you technically can find something to like in just about any film, um, mm-hmm. even even this many episodes in. I'm, I'm starting to feel that vibe. Um so the concept for the show is, you know, there's a lot of review shows out there about movies. This is not an original concept, but what we wanted to do was to put a positive spin on movies that are mm-hmm. otherwise really tough to get through. Um, Aaron, I was watching the director's cut of Alien 3 okay. one night, and... Alien 3 is kind of a miserable ride, especially off the heels of Aliens, which is like one of the greatest action films ever made. Yeah, extremely boring. Yeah, and it's definitely widely considered to be a flop. Even, even you know, the directors won't even defend that film. But it occurred to me that there was a lot of stuff in that film, even in something as bleak and depressing as Alien 3, it occurred to me that there was a lot of stuff in that film that I actually did like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not stuff that you would typically see on these review shows. You know, it's really easy to find the faults in films. That's super easy. But I think what's what's challenging is finding things worth liking. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit of good old-fashioned optimism, that's kind of where this idea came from, is, man, why don't we watch movies that no one mm-hmm. really likes or people love to hate on and actually find things that are worth liking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, how would you describe season one so far? Uh, it's been great. Uh, yeah, bit of an adventure. We've, <laughs> we, we've had some, like, I think for me personally, Geely was the hardest one to get through. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, ju- just getting through that one. I, I feel like anything after that is going to be a piece of cake. I think so. That really set the bar. It's funny, we're slowly finding our groove because I know even on the first episode, when we listened to it back, we realized that I said like, the word like, mm-hmm. like 60 million times. So there's always yeah. going to be, you know, uh, there's always going to be personal critique and stuff. But um, going through Gili, that was, yeah, that was an incredibly difficult experience. So you and I have put together uh, some lists of questions mm-hmm. here to kind of get us off on the right foot. Um, so you, the listener, can kind of 
see our backgrounds and where we come from so we're not just these talking heads in your ear for the next uh, six hours or however long so mm-hmm. <laughs> the first season is. So Aaron, I'd like to start with you um, okay. with this first question. Yeah. Uh, what was your family's movie culture? Okay. Like movie watching culture like growing yeah. up. Okay, so um, for those of you who don't know, I am East Indian. Uh, my parents are first, or sorry, I'm first generation Canadian. They moved over here. Uh, so as far as watching like American films or Canadian films or what North American essentially films, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, they did watch like a few Hindi movies, things like that uh, growing up, but there wasn't a ton, ton of uh, movie watching going on. What actually, for myself, what uh, what started this off was um, almost every Friday, I remember I'd ask my mom or my dad to take me to the uh, like the rental store and I would just go go through, pick like two or three movies uh, every single weekend and then I would just would just watch them to myself. And uh, essentially, that's how I grew up uh, every Friday night, just, yeah, renting a few movies and watching them. So they didn't really watch them with you. It was kind of no. your experience going through them. Yeah, it was it was definitely my experience uh, just watching them by myself, which is really strange now being in my older age because a lot of the time I'll talk to people about watching movies and stuff and if they uh, watch movies by themselves. And for the most part, I get always get uh, that, n- that no, like I don't like to watch movies by myself. And I have never yeah. seen it as a big deal. Like I enjoy watching a movie by myself regardless of uh, who's with me or if there mm-hmm. is anyone with me. Yeah, I understand that. Like I'm a I'm a social movie watcher. I don't typically enjoy movies um as much as if, if I watch them alone as if I, I watch them with someone else. Um especially comedies. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's something weird about my personality where I will rarely laugh if I'm by myself, but if I'm with someone else, um I find stuff funnier. I don't know what it is. A little weird, but <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I totally get that. Totally. So, what um, was it like for you? Well, in my household growing up, um, I grew up in like rural Prince George, British Columbia, um, and my dad had a, has had a disability, had muscular dystrophy, so he was unable to walk. So movie watching in our household was almost like a nightly thing, quite literally a nightly thing, because um, my dad, you know, he didn't have like a lot of hobbies available to him, right? It was like, we'd, we mm-hmm. we weren't like other families where we, we were out and about and all doing all this kind of stuff. So movie watching was kind of like our go-to. Um, it was kind of like pure escapism. Mm-hmm. So they were, they seemed like such an integral part of our household. Like I kid you not, just about every single night uh, we were watching some movie or another yeah. and- yeah, I mean, there was, it's funny though, because my parents were very liberal. Like I watched a lot of stuff way younger than <laughs> I should have. Yeah. Like um, movies like Aliens and ultraviolent stuff like Terminator 2, things like that. Yeah. Where I grew up, I watched these shows way too young, Aaron, and like had nightmares and all this stuff, but I still loved the stories. You know, my parents, um, their their methodology wasn't to like hide you from the movie completely they would just Mm -hmm. have like the quote-unquote don't look scenes where yeah i could still watch the movie but when they knew something nasty was about to happen they'd tell me to don't look and i had to cover up my own eyes and i'd usually peek you know i'd usually peek like any other kid would so Uh, um 
So it was like ritualistic. Okay, it was yeah. pure escapism. Yeah. Um, that's funny that you bring that up because that just reminded me, uh, Indian parents do not watch their kids whatsoever. So like <laughs> growing up, I like watched whatever I wanted to. Um, really? I, yeah, I flash back to this one memory <laughs> and I was watching Time Cop. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like my sisters were around and I had no idea what was like, that was my first time watching the movie. And then all of a sudden it goes to that virtual reality, like porn (laughs) scene. And my sisters are like, what the hell are you looking at? And I'm just like, ah, like running to stop the like VCR. Oh, so funny. How did you decide which movies to rent? Did you guys just go solely off of like covers and stuff or did you have a sense like when you were younger did you have a sense of like what was new and this or that or like when you walked into a video store ah man for me it was always action movies so uh Mm -hmm. for like the longest time I would just went on like Arnold Schwarzenegger like trails where I was just like so into Arnold um any like I would just look basically I would look at the cover and be like this movie looks sweet and I would essentially rent it Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, that's probably the best way to go yeah it's funny because, I mean, that that's a little tougher to do nowadays. Yeah. I have so many fond memories of going to the, to like Rogers video with my dad and just cruising the aisles and picking stuff up and, oh, this looks cool. Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. Oh, you know, and, and just going home with like a bag full of movies of seven day rentals and just chewing through them all, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that is sadly lost. And I, I miss that. I'm super nostalgic about that. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite, you mentioned action movies. Do you have any other favorite genres of film? Oh, uh, yeah, I think high fantasy and, uh, sci-fi are definitely like up there for my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. How about yourself? Um, I like, I like movies that kind of like mess you up for a few days, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I love sci-fi, sci-fi action, stuff like that. Uh, big fan of that. Um, but I like movies that need like demand repeated viewings, like things you just mm-hmm. got to really chew on. You know, those kind of movies where you walk away from and your head kind of feels funny and you're like, mm-hmm. man. Uh, um, movies like... Uh, hmm, movies the, like... The Matrix. The Matrix. Um, Arrival was like mm-hmm. that. Oh, Arrival, yeah. Um. Blade Runner 2049 was like that. Just movies that kind of mess you up and you really got to think about. And there's lots of, you know, philosophy and symbolism and you can just really unpack them. It's funny because like growing up watching movies because we were such like a movie household. um, My parents, my dad would always like discuss the movies with us like after Mm, we watched them. That's really cool. Yeah. Where he'd be like, he'd talk about, oh, who directed what? And, oh, did you catch that symbolism? Or he'd talk about the music. or It was really like a discussion piece. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the sedentary thing that was on. So um, I've always approached movies with this uh, like um, expectation of what can I find? What can I see that's going to be kind of cool to think about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we, can we uh, do, what? what's your guilty pleasure of genre? <laughs> my guilty pleasure of genre yeah um gosh you know this one's tough i am a sucker for a good ro- a, a good rom-com yeah me too 
you know um yeah. I- i'll sit through just about just about any rom-com to be honest mm-hmm. with you um my wife and i we have this monthly movie night thing where she picks she picks the movie we call it like rom night and we'll yeah it's just where we on purpose watch a romantic movie and you know get a little emotional <laughs> a little teary-eyed and we'll eat we'll eat like a nice dinner and we'll watch like uh i don't know whatever like Notting hill or you know like mm-hmm. Um, the most recent one we watched was Little Italy with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> okay, really, how was that? It was, really, it was terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but again, it was really cute and amusing. So, yeah, I know it just. <laughs> I always feel so bad because it's like, see, you're watching them with your wife. I'm just some 29 year old dude watching them by myself. And that's where I feel a little bit weird uh, whenever it happens. So Aww. like whenever I do watch them, though, they're definitely a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad our guilty pleasures are the same. <laughs> um, I think musicals is up there, too. Like, I really enjoy musicals. Mm, there's definitely not enough musicals. Yeah. Um, not enough modern musicals either. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I just I literally just rewatched La La Land like a couple no, weeks ago. And so I was good. like, yeah, this is actually a really good film. This is yeah. really, really good. I'm really excited for that uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron rom-com that's coming out. Yeah. Now there is an unlikely pairing. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I find Seth Rogen like quite funny. So I'm pretty sure I'll probably end up liking that movie. Yeah, he's a funny dude. He um um uh, uh he voices the uh the Vancouver uh public like transit system, like the SkyTrain oh, really? down here. Yeah, so if you're like taking the SkyTrain, um he does these little PSAs. So That's you'll be like hilarious. standing. Yeah, you'll be standing on the platform and Seth Rogen will come on and crack a joke about taking your backpack off or something like that. And it's just, it's just really unexpected every time. Cause I always forget that it's a thing. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Hey Vancouver, I'm Seth Rogen. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, what makes, so in talking about this podcast, Darren, mm-hmm. what, what makes a bad movie for you? Oh, okay. Um, oh, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess the flow is what makes it bad for me. Um, Mm. and what determines the flow is multiple things, uh, like the acting, how is the music, how does the music like carry over? Uh, how is it cut together? Like, are the scenes good? And, Mm. and so essentially, yeah. So if like the movie, the movie is like, has a, Sorry, I don't know what what the word I'm looking for is, but like just coherent, right? From start to finish, then I'm like, I enjoy it. But if you find yourself that if you find yourself with a scene or something that takes you out of the movie, then Mm -hmm. I find that that's a bad movie. Mm. I get that. I get that. That would that that kind of ties into like how I feel as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always big on tone. Like, uh, it's sometimes whenever I'm watching a movie and I lose touch with what the filmmaker is trying to make me feel. Yeah. um, I start to get really restless. Like if it's if it's supposed to be funny or if it's supposed to be parody or if it's supposed to be um, serious, you know, anytime a movie's going along and all of a sudden a scene happens or something disjoints that feels like it doesn't belong or pulls you right out of the scene 
Mm-hmm. I feel like tone is a lost art of movie making these days. Um, a prime example of this, just because it's fresh on my mind, because the new Star Wars trailer came out for me was The Last Jedi. Um, the tone of that movie, above anything else, people complain about that movie. The tone was so confusing to me watching that film, mm-hmm. where the more I look at it in retrospect, I really am like, no, it was actually a comedy. And I went into it thinking that it was going to be, you know, an adventure, serious adventure kind of film like the other ones, but no, it's actually a straight up comedy. Yeah. And I, so tone for me is a big thing. I can sit through just about anything as long as I know what it's trying to do and accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Very true. Yeah. Big on tone, man. Tone's a lost art. Yeah. Um, So many modern films. I, I find that even bad acting I can get through as long yeah. as it's like you're going somewhere with it, you know? Totally. I just last night rewatched Starship Troopers for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. And the first thought, one of the first thought I had was like, man, Denise Richards, she, her, her acting is so <laughs> bad in this. It's really bad. But it fit her character in that universe and the 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 tone and the parody you know, mm-hmm. the exaggerated nature of what they were doing, like what Paul Verhoeven was doing, that I, I was like, man, her acting's so bad, but it feels so right for this film. Yeah, you know? very true, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's for me, it's all about feel and tone and texture and, you know, do things make sense? Does the music fit? Does the acting uh, coincide with the rest of the film? You know, cohesion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you got you one go? here? yeah okay uh why don't we go with an easy one here uh what's your what's your like top five movies can you can you like i it doesn't have to be in order i figured five because it's really hard to narrow it down to like your number one all-time favorite movie right yeah yeah it's very very hard yeah i knew this i i, I made a little list of these because yeah um it's funny because I realized that kind of a genre sort of emerged, but this is in no way, shape or form. Like it's hard to say these are just the ones that popped in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. as like super bulletproof tight scripted movies that I like. So, um, in no particular order, we got Terminator two. Okay. Uh, back to the future, Mm -hmm. the matrix. Yeah. I'll throw aliens in there. Okay. And just for a comedy, I'm going to throw in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Hot Fuzz, that is a good one. How about you, Aaron? Oh, okay. Um, so, Nacho Libre. Yes. I like, oh, my I, gosh. I love that movie. Um, yes. The Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, good choice. Yeah, That's a that, really good movie. Yeah, it's really good. It takes you like, like, that is the only movie that has taken me on such like an emotional journey. Yeah, that's a damn good film. Um, Swiss Swiss Army Man, I really like that movie. <laughs> have you yeah. watched it? No, I oh, still okay. haven't seen it. You okay. have told me to watch that movie like so many times, and I just am so intimidated by it. <laughs> oh man, I I like I absolutely love that movie. It's just so like out there. Um, <laughs> and then I think I put like the Star Wars, like, all the movies kind of as, like, one. Yeah. Um, because, like, you know, it's tough to just pick one out of there, but... It is tough, yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, and then I think I got to go with, like, all the Lord of the Rings as well as, like, my yes. uh, fifth there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah. District 9 and Interstellar. Yeah. Those are both really they're good. They're, like, they're in there, too. Yeah. I would say right up on the top of my list, too, is, um, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark, some classic, yeah. like, Indiana Jones. Um, I think, honestly, Robocop kind of popped on my list, too. Oh, really? Robocop. There's something about that script, man. That that movie just it just wails. It doesn't waste a yeah. second. Um so you're like you're totally an action guy, hey? It's weird. I I didn't know this until I made this list because I truly will sit through just about anything, but Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sci-fi action guy after all. Oh man. Mine I feel like is a bit all over the place in compared to yours. It is. It is, well, but that I think Nacho Libre uh, Hunt for Wilder People, The Wilder People, and Swiss Army Man kind of all have almost the same kind of feel-good feel to it. Yeah, and they do definitely have like some, some. They it's they have comedy, mm-hmm. but they also have a dramatic texture to them. Yeah, so like dramatic comedy, I guess maybe that's mine. Dramedy. Dramedy. If that doesn't exist, it exists now. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag um, dramatity. <laughs> dramatity. <laughs> do you uh, do you prefer to watch movies at home or in the theater? Oh, um, both. I have like I really enjoy seeing a movie when it first premieres in the theater with everyone, but I also don't mind watching it at home. Yeah, I hear. Um, it's not for me. It's never been like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you know, like I'll wait until that one comes to DVD." And it has to be a movie that I really don't care about for me to see it on DVD. But for the most part, like I'm always like it's an experience. Um, you know, I like I don't mind at all paying the whatever thirteen, fourteen dollars to go see it in the theater. Yeah. What about you? That makes sense. Yeah, that kind of ties in because I was going to ask you, like, what, what, um, what would get you to to go out and drop that money on a ticket to leave the house? You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah, not much. <laughs> Someone not much. literally yeah. asking me to go see a movie is what it would take. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I know. When I, um, you and I, we've known each other for like a decade now. Yeah. Um, and we've been friends for pretty much just as long. And yeah, I know when I, when I lived back in Edmonton with you, we would, um, you and I would always go check out movies together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah. it you and I that saw that Chris Evans and Anna Ferris like rom-com together? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> we would so, like so random, but that's just like, an so I, yeah, just like that was probably a super terrible rom-com and it's two mm-hmm. dudes just going to it. And we, we paid the whatever, like $13 to see it. So yeah, that should and give we, an, an idea of how we feel about going to the theater. We sat there in the dark and just, we took it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's an interesting one. Um, what would you say is the greatest decade in film history and why? Oh, okay. So now that is a, I think that is like a tough one. Uh, I feel that the decades of movie have, have to do with like the genre of movies. Um, so I feel like nineties was really big into action movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. What would you put at the 2010s for uh, like what, what genre of movie was big then? 
the 2000s i feel like was a lot of the um a lot of the uh the first thing that jumps in my mind is like the um teen college comedies oh like the yeah era okay yeah of like american pies and jay and silent bobs and mm-hmm. and terrible comedies that we've been reviewing yes yes Lots of chances were taken. A lot of things did not work. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's by no means like totally defines them. But in my own personal mm-hmm. experience, I definitely remember the 2000s as like the, you know, Blink-182 fart dick poop jokes kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just yeah. me. No, but... no, no. I, I like completely agree, agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick a genre as my favorite, I probably would go with the 90s yeah. uh, just because like nostalgia and so many, you know, great memories going to the movie theater and uh, the movie store renting action movies and watching them as a kid. Yeah, I totally agree. The 90s were exceptional when it comes to movies. I feel like, you know, you were just off the heels of the 80s uh, sci-fi fantasy movement. Um and things just got a little bit more tasteful in the 90s. And special mm-hmm. effects just got a little bit better. Yeah. And the screenwriting, you know, you had people, you had heavy hitters like Spielberg at the at peak Spielberg. You know, you had all sorts of cool stuff happening. Like, mm-hmm. this is the same decade where you got like Jurassic Park, Terminator 2. Um, my gosh, The Matrix. So many, so many high concept projects that hit the screen all at once you know and yeah mm-hmm. the early 90s especially because i think terminator 2 was like 92 jurassic park i think was 93 oh, yeah. somewhere in there um yeah. yeah just just smash hit after smash hit you know just um all these movies that came out then there's more and more sequels today even coming out right so yeah. like and the and yeah. the remakes as well and the remakes yeah um, this isn't one of the questions I have, but yeah, that brings me to my question. How do you feel about like, or no, yeah, I guess it is kind of one of my questions. How do you feel about like the state of Hollywood right now with all the sequels and this and that's and remakes? Oh, I'm going to say something really uh, controversial here. And I'm going to say that superhero movies are ruining the movie industry. Mm. And that's like my personal opinion on the state of Hollywood right now. I think a lot of people would share that sentiment. Yeah, you think so? Okay, because like a few people just absolutely like love them. But yeah, I don't know. I just find that like movies now just follow a format and it's like the Disney Marvel um, format of like, you know, you know what I mean? Um, How would you explain it? Well, I would basically explain it as cinematic universes. Mm-hmm. Um, long form narrative is ruining it, it's it's overpowering anything that could otherwise have a chance to breathe on the big screen yeah but the only reason why is because everything is so financially motivated mm-hmm. um, it, it seems to be in 2019 when we're recording this it seems to be that if a movie doesn't cross the billion dollar mark yeah it is not considered a success hmm it is not considered 
like a smash hit. Um, yeah. Even Captain Marvel, which I had a fairly lukewarm reaction to in the theater. Didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. But I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I was surprised to hear that it crossed the billion dollar mark because I just thought, you know, it wasn't that long ago, maybe just mm-hmm. a few years, when crossing a billion dollars took something truly exceptional. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't consider Captain Marvel to be a truly exceptional film. It just felt like another piece of the the bigger puzzle, you know? And yeah. um, it's funny because I enjoy the Marvel films, mm-hmm. um, but I also will watch like independent French films. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of an odd duck that way where like I don't, um, I get it. I'm don't get me wrong. I am crazy excited about Avengers Endgame. Like I, mm-hmm. you and I both have tickets already. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I hate that a lot of stuff's getting squeezed out and yeah. pushed onto streaming services where it gets buried, you know, in the noise. Hmm. Yeah. I, it's like if I think it's like um, yeah, like exactly what you're saying is you have to cross this uh, billion dollar mark. And what's happening is they just play it safe and they go, oh, everyone is going to eat up a superhero movie. So that's what they pump out and they just continuously pumping out. And so they're less likely to take the risk on something that is, uh, you know, like an independent film and things like that. Like you it has to be it has to have uh, what like Oscar buzz in order for it to actually like premiere in the theater, you know? Um, Yes. Like very, very few movies now, maybe a few like horror movies and thrillers and stuff. But like you just don't get the classic um, like the classic just like no one takes a risk on a on a movie anymore. It's true. And um, there's this really cool clip of George Lucas talking about this, where he's talking Mm -hmm. about the new he's talking about his relationship with Disney at large. It was just after he had sold. Um, Star Wars and The Force Awakens had come out and he was criticizing Force Awakens saying that Disney was playing it safe and they wanted to do a retro movie and mm-hmm. he talked about the creative bankruptcy you know yeah um, where it's 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 hard to not be cynical watching some of these franchises because you just it's it's the more movies you watch and the more you understand about filmmaking and script writing the more you see the bells and the gears and the smoke and mirrors behind the scenes, you know, you see mm-hmm. the, um, one of the things you and I were talking about was referential humor, um, references when they pop on screen, you know, because, um, we had, we had just talked about the emoji movie in one of our episodes and there was this captain Picard reference that I got a big kick out of, um, and it seems like movies and remakes and all of that, they're just full of those little moments, those little references, those little callbacks to more successful things like nostalgia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Where they're just like, okay, if we inject some nostalgia into this, um, well, well, people will like it. But, yeah, you know, what people truly like about films is good stories and good characters. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we go on to another question or let's go on to another question. I could I, I don't want to get too cynical about the state of yeah, Hollywood. We we could we could too... probably talk about that. We could do a whole episode on this alone. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to get stuck in the weeds here because I totally could yeah. Yeah. I've been trying like I I've wanted to get into uh more of movies that win at film festivals. 
Mm. Um, so I've been trying, I've been trying to go down that route like a lot more and it's been, it's been pretty good. Like you watch a lot of interesting movies that way. Yeah, totally. There's some good stuff out there. There really is. It's, it's, it's super easy to not, to just get stuck in this bubble of like whatever is not, you know, at Cineplex Mm -hmm. is we don't watch or whatever. It's, it's really easy to get in that state of mind, but there's some really cool stuff out there, you know? Yeah. And it's growing. It's growing every year. Independent films, that whole, mm-hmm. that whole, it's almost like a subgenre in itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's growing every year. Every year well, there's I, more and more stuff, bigger budgets, cooler yeah. stuff. I think people recognize uh, like what we're talking about. And that's why that you see independents start to come up here because, yeah, people are like, well, like I don't want to watch a movie about superheroes. I want to watch something that's going to make me think or make me aware of something that's going on in another country. And so, yeah, you got this whole sub subcategory, subgenre. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's almost like a yeah. subgenre. What I'm seeing happening is that a lot of these independent directors, specifically directors, because directors get, <laughs> they seem to get so much credit um, for for the entirety of the project. Um, but mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, Aaron, an independent director will come along and do like a brilliant independent film. Mm-hmm. Next thing we know, they're handed the keys to the kingdom and they're put in charge of like, um, you know, the next Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. or the next Star Wars movie. And suddenly that director um, gets kind of absorbed in the bigger picture Hollywood industry. I would completely agree with that. Uh, who Do you remember? I can't, I can never say his name correctly. Um, he is the one who does uh, like he did Thor Ragnarok. He did the hunt for the wilder people. Um, mm. Something Wapiti. I can never like pronounce his name correctly. New Zealand yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a prime example. Yeah, but you know what? I find that like because uh, I guess Thor Ragnarok was the biggest movie that he did, and I found that his because he did uh, what we do in the shadows. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hilarious movie. Hunt for Wilder People. Great movie. And I and like Thor Ragnarok it ended up being one of my like my second favorite Marvel movie. I'm gonna take a shot at this. Taika okay. Waititi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I. 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 I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. I think I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can never say it, but yeah. I. I essentially think that he's. He is. Um. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen any major projects for him yet. That's like uh, that's other than Thor Ragnarok. That's an interesting example because Thor Ragnarok is definitely one of the best. Uh, widely believed to be one of the, uh, agreed to be one of the best Marvel films. Yeah. Um, by a country mile at the best Thor film. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a prime example someone who was plucked from, you know, the small independent film. Yeah. To helm a big Marvel project, a tentpole Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something we're seeing more and more. And I always get concerned that we're going to lose those directors in the din of what it means to be a Hollywood director, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, should we jump into another question? Yeah. Let's, keep uh, let's go. Let's go with an easy one here. Um, what are you most excited for this year? Um, this year. Yeah. 2019. Um, I'm most excited. I'm definitely very excited about Avengers Endgame. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's the culmination of like 20 different films. Um, uh, 
I'm excited about the new Terminator film just to see Linda Hamilton return as Sarah Connor. I'm excited. Oh, is to that see out this year? Her. That's out this year. That's oh, out I this had November. No idea. Um, they just released a trailer for the Joker film, which I had no interest in seeing until I saw this trailer. Mm-hmm. And it looks good. It looks good. Joaquin Phoenix looks like he's doing something really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to add, oh, there's this new zombie film uh, called The Dead Don't Die, which looks hilarious, which has oh, like... Oh, with Bill Murray in it? Yeah, and Adam yeah. Driver, and it just looks it looks outrageous. Yeah. And just to add a comedy to the list, um, there's this movie coming out called Stuber, which stars Kamel Nanjiani and um, Dave Bautista. Oh, okay, and yeah. it's like a buddy comedy, and... Um, I love both those actors, and it looks hilarious. They're both really yeah. funny dudes. So, um, yeah, I'm really stoked to see that too. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Um, I'm like, uh, I wish I could say I was excited for Star Wars, but I'm like caution, cautiously optimistic about it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm like a bit more nervous than anything else. Uh, I think number one that I'm the most excited for is probably John Wick three. Yes. Um, yes. I I feel like we just haven't seen an action movie like John Wick in or well like they didn't make they haven't been making action movies like uh that since the 90s, right? Yeah. And so now we got like John Wick and it's in its sense essentially it is like a true true action movie and that's why I really enjoy about it. So I'm really excited for that. And now that you say um Terminator I'm also excited for that. I had no idea that was coming out this year. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I haven't enjoyed a Terminator film since Terminator 2, but mm-hmm. um it's it's frustrated, man. It's frustrating because I I keep I keep watching them. I keep thinking maybe this one will be different and I keep watching them in the theater and I yeah. keep going away feeling kind of disappointed. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but this Danny one is Terminator. like a throw, thrown back, like James Cameron is doing it, right? So, so you know, it might yeah. be good. Yeah, he's producing the director who directed uh, Deadpool. Uh, I think his mm-hmm. name's Tim Miller. He's directing, and they have publicly stated that they are. It's a direct sequel to Terminator Two. They're pretending they're retconning the rest. So Terminator Three and on do not exist anymore. Oh yeah, so so it could be good. It could be good. But again, you know, it could be mm-hmm. terrible because this franchise, if, uh, if this one doesn't work, then Terminator's dead. Like there's just no, there's no coming back. So mm-hmm. it's ballsy. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. do you want to do a fun one here? A fun sure. question. The, uh, okay. So say the world ended and people <laughs> were rediscovering, uh, civilization and they found a movie and mm-hmm. this movie was essentially going to show, um, it's either going to influence like society going forward, or it's going to show what, uh, what it was like right before the apocalypse happened. Did I explain right. that good? I think so. Yeah. So if I had to choose one movie? Yeah. Okay, I thought long and hard about this. And the movie I'm going to choose mm-hmm. is going to be Happy Gilmore. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I'm actually kidding. <laughs> no, that'd be a good one too. No. Um, okay. I'm actually going to choose Interstellar, and there's a few different reasons for it. Um, okay. One is it it really encapsulates where we're headed as a species. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, and there's that sad view of like, you know, where the world's kind of not going so well. We're kind of killing the climate. There's a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad news out there, but it also encapsulates the, uh, the human, our human nature, our drive to succeed, our optimism, our journey to the stars that should be way further along than it is today, to be honest with you. And, um, and the, the human achievement, you know, the, the simulation they did to bring that black hole to life on screen, mm-hmm. which we've just found out because as we're recording this, this last week, they released the first ever picture of a black hole. And yeah. it is very close to what Interstellar had visualized on screen. Mm-hmm. So um, culturally speaking, that's a big effing deal for the human race. And it carries such a heavy message. There's a lot about love as Anne Hathaway's character will tell you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I feel like interstellar checks all the boxes, great film, great filmmaking and encapsulates who we are, where we're going and what mm-hmm. we could be. So, yeah. How about you, dude? Oh, I was going to answer it with a joke. Like you did and say like <laughs> Hannah Montana, the movie or something like Hannah that. Montana. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want uh, society or human race to be remembered as. Um, oh, I I like had us. I had such a such a hard time picking for this. I thought Book of Eli would be a good one. Ooh, that's a good film. Yeah, and uh, but then I was like, eh, it's a bit on the religious side, so I wouldn't want that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would go for like something completely random, like Inglorious Bastards or something, so that mm-hmm. that would be they would consider that maybe they would think that was history <laughs> and that's how Hitler died or something like that. And then and then that would be noted in history as how Hitler died because of Inglorious Bastards and so just total revisionist history. Yeah, exactly. So I like I I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a wise choice. <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, my wife hates that film because she's a, she's a big history buff and uh, oh yeah, not a big fan of revisionism, <laughs> not <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> I wish you could like a teacher could show it in school and be like, yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, uh, it's pretty cool that they showed it on screen for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. Well, do you have any more questions you want to go through here? Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, here, here's a fun one. D- do you think so? Disney mm-hmm. D- Disney just announced their new streaming service this fall. Yeah. Um, well, it's been announced for a while, but they've unveiled more of the lineup. Um, they're going they're going full tilt on new Marvel and Star Wars content, yeah. and they've uh, they've completed the Fox merger mm-hmm. buyout thing. And I wanted to ask, um, a do you think you'll get it? And yeah. B, do you think that it's a Netflix killer? Oh, I don't think anything is will ever be a Netflix killer. Yeah. Um, Netflix is like just too ingrained into society. 
uh, because, you know, it was the first, first major streaming service. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I will get it. Uh, I also think I will keep my Netflix account. Yeah. Cause like, uh, what are, what are they offering it for? Like seven bucks or something like that a month? Yeah. The, the announced it is six ninety nine, but that was, uh, American. So for us mm. Canadians, I don't even know what that's going to yeah, be. So like 10, I'm 10 or $11. Eight, yeah. I'm, I'm think I'm hoping under 10. I'm optimistic that it'll be 10 or under. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I will end up subscribing to it. Like I, I'll, I'll probably like, cause I have a few of the streaming accounts. Like I have a, um, I have a crave and I have a, uh, prime prime and I'll probably yeah. end up getting rid of my prime cause there's nothing really good on it right now. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've watched a single Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. show. Yeah. The, I watched the, what is it? The Jack Ryan one. And that, that, that wasn't too bad, but, um, I was a big Mr. Robot fan there. So that's, that's why I mm. wanted to have it. And then also Parks and Rec, I really, which is a hilarious show. Um, that is an amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the two and like I, mine expires in September. So I don't see myself, uh, renewing it. Not until the Lord of the Rings show comes out anyways. Yeah. But man, what a dry spill till that happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I think, um, I, I think I'll get it, um, or at least try it out and see what's mm-hmm. on it. Um, if nothing else, just to be able to watch those old Disney cartoons because I don't know where to watch them. Like, I have no, besides buying digital copies of them, which I don't like buying digital copies of anything. But if I, mm-hmm. you know, like if I wanted to watch Aladdin right now or Snow White or Sleeping Beauty, I wouldn't even know how. Mm-hmm. besides like you know buying it for twenty dollars just to digitally watch it um because yeah. i don't i don't stream illegally i just never really have i'm not really into it so mm-hmm. um yeah so if nothing else just to see the old vault shows that i grew up with like bambi and stuff like that i'd love to watch those old shows if i could um i'm yeah. not super excited about like the Mandalorian or new Star Wars shows. I'm just not because it's just, it's oversaturation to me. I just don't really care anymore, you know? Yeah. So do you think Fox, Fox shows are going to be on there too? Like, do you think the Simpsons will be on the streaming site? Yes. They actually, um, they actually announced at, uh, cause they're doing, it's weird. They announced this at Star Wars celebration this last week, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird place to announce it, but I guess it makes sense. Cause that's, you know, you got everyone in the room that all 30 some odd seasons of the Simpsons are going to go live with Disney plus. Wow. I'm actually excited for that. Um, I've been wanting to watch like the new Simpsons, but like who has, you know, who has time to watch it? What is it like on a Sunday night or whenever it is? I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. I could not tell you the last time I sat through an episode of the Simpsons. Yeah. But I remember, man, I remember every, I remember coming home from school in the Mm nineties And every night over dinner, we'd watch The Simpsons and yeah. we'd laugh our asses off because The Simpsons used to be really freaking funny. Yeah. Um. So it would be great to go down memory lane to a simpler time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I'm probably the most. I like. I would get it alone just to watch The Simpsons. This is yeah, and this is my problem. Like, I feel like. Um, maybe it's just a sign of my age cause I'm, I'm 32 and yeah. the, the things I'm most excited about on Disney plus is not the new content. It's just having access to the old stuff again. And mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe I'm dating myself, but I think, I don't know. I think that's what's really going to pull me in to a yeah. subscription. Yeah. I'm really yeah. excited for uh, Sword, Sword in the Stone as well. Heck yeah. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. So you and I, in preparation for our for our podcast, um, we talked about the idea of doing seasons. So our first season mm-hmm. is kind of just us warming up and finding our flow and doing kind of, you know, spanning across different decades, trying different shows. Um, but we've talked about doing um like a sequel season and a netflix season mm-hmm. and a few different things like that i wanted to ask like in the, in the list that we're kind of curating is there uh what movies are you most excited to do on our show that we've kind of talked about mm, um, just to give a sneak peek of the coming for, the coming for sequels i was thinking alien resurrection would be a really good one mm. um i don't know personally what the ratings are on that one uh yeah. I'd have to take a look at my like Zoolander two is a great like sequel that just scored absolutely horrible and people hated, but I thought was hilarious. So you I'm like excited to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm most excited to do some of the films that I kind of remember slightly enjoying already <laughs> because those, those are much easier to tackle than the ones going in blind, you know, being like, okay, what are we up against here? Um, we talked about Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah, um, that's going to be a good one. I'm excited to rewatch that again. Um, mm-hmm. Any excuse to watch some of those dumb action films that I remember enjoying but might have been too young to really understand what I was looking at? Um, I'm excited to do Kazam. Kazam. Uh, I've never seen Kazam. Okay. Um, I'm excited to do Love Guru. <laughs> oh, Love Guru. So good. And I'm really excited. I don't know when we're going to do these, by the way, but I'm really excited to do Godzilla, uh, the Matthew Broderick one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, that's a, that's a pretty easy movie to defend. Um, yeah. I really remember really enjoying that movie as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm really excited. I think I think just to be forthcoming about it, I think the goal of this podcast is really to get you, the listener, to yeah. take a second look at these movies mm-hmm. um with an open mind and and to, to, to discover some joy in them, you know? Yeah, and to get out of that mob mentality. It's easy to hate on a movie, and it's easy to join in and stuff, but it takes a little bit more effort to find the positives. Yeah, man. Too much hate in this world. Exactly. Gotta find stuff to like. Exactly. Gotta find stuff to like. You you know what they say, if you can't beat them, join them. So, wait, no, wait, that doesn't work in this, because then that's mob mentality. Never mind, scratch that. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, do you remember the first movie you saw in the theater with your parents? Oh, yeah. Um, so my dad took me to see Lion King. Damn. Yeah, that was the first movie I saw. What about you? You know, okay, I, I know this isn't right, but it's the first, it's the only one I can distinctly remember. Um, mm-hmm. I know I was brought to the theater. Like I said, I was exposed to stuff way too young, way yeah. too stinking young. Um, I don't recommend that for your kids, but that's what I what my childhood was. Um the one I distinctly remember, and I would have been five years old, so this will be good enough for me, was The Rocketeer in 1991. Okay. I have no I idea s- what that is. You don't know what The Rocketeer is? No, I've never seen it. Aaron. Oh, my God. Okay. 
Well, I strongly recommend The Rocketeer. Um, okay. It's about jetpacks and Nazis, and uh, it's an adventure film. Great score. Got to check yeah. it out. Okay. Yeah. That movie captured my imagination. Um, I even learned to play the score on the piano. I'm a terrible pianist, but I learned to play it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just because I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, do you have a, do you remember the first movie you saw away from your parents and with just your friends? Um, I or don't. Or by uh, yourself, one or the other. I, I really don't. I, mm. I didn't, truthfully, when I was younger, I didn't have like a lot of friends. So I, I really uh, didn't yeah. really go see movies outside of being with yeah. my, um, I'm making my childhood sound kind of strange and bleak, but, um, I remember going to see Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I distinctly remember going to see that. Yeah. And I distinctly remember going to see The Sixth Sense as like a birthday party thing and making a huge mess out of the theater. So um, I'll, I'll say those two. I don't know if it, I know it probably gets early in that, but my memory's so bad for this stuff now. Mm, How about you? Yeah. Uh, so like I remember, I remember mine and it was my like childhood friend. Um, he called me up when we we're, I think I had to be like 13, 14 at the time. And he was like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? And I was like, yeah, okay. And I asked my dad to drop me at the movie theater and mm-hmm. it was like super slim pickings. And I think we ended up seeing Coyote Ugly. Oh my God. Yeah. I have seen that in theaters. That's so funny. It's like, my- not a, it's not a movie that two like 13 year old boys go to. Or is it? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. My sister took, dragged me to see that in the theater. I think when we were in Vancouver visiting my grandma one year and yeah, yeah. That's hilarious that we've both seen that in the theater. Um, I think the other movie, I didn't, it took me forever to see a movie by myself uh, in the theater. I just Mm. could never get over that barrier. Um, But the first one that I saw it, I think was like the fifth Fast and Furious movie. Like I Mm -hmm. went by myself to go see it. So, and then I think I saw the sixth one by myself as well. Oh man. Okay. I remember, I remember what the first movie I ever saw by myself was. Mm -hmm. It was Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Nice. I was in Jasper at the time, and it was the only thing playing because Jasper has like a one cinema cinema theater. Yeah. Um, and I went and saw the Pirates of the Caribbean. It, it's on. I can't even remember the name of them. They're all so confusing to me. But it was mm-hmm. like it was super long, and I was kind of bored, and I didn't really like it. Yeah. I just remember something about like crabs or something. I don't know. Mm, it's because you were by yourself. Because if you watch the third one now, it's it's hilarious. See, I'm just, I, I gotta watch a movie with someone else or else I yeah. just don't appreciate it. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's okay. Um, oh, let's do this question. What's your opinion of 3D films? Um, not very high. Like, yeah. I don't need it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't. Within five minutes of the film, I kind of forget that it's in 3D. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I just don't. I just don't need it. Like it's, it's, it's such a gimmick, to, and it's and it's a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. And the movies, I find that whenever I watch a movie in 3D, it's also dimmer. Like the movie's not as bright because yeah, you're, you're, yeah. And it just, it's it, it just. I don't know, man. I just. If it's I a had, total cash grab. Total cash grab. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Um. I have terrible depth perception, so it doesn't even mm. work for me. It's just like a dark movie that I'm wearing glasses in, so I, I absolutely hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. Um, 
it's one of those things where you put it on in the first couple seconds, you're like, ooh, look at the credits. The credits are popping out. Mm -hmm. And then within 10 minutes, you're like, why am I doing this? They're literally just like, and the kind of movies that get made into 3D, like 3D is not for every movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I even, I went and saw Shazam this week and I was like, why is this movie in 3D? Yeah. Like this movie does not need to be. No, in 3D. no, it it doesn't. Like that. That's what I mean. Is they they just literally do it to so they can charge you like an extra two or three dollars for it. Yeah, yeah. Not into it. Not 3D at home. Not 3D at the theater. It's just yeah. silly. If if I'm gonna see something in 3D, it's gonna be like a ride or something. Like you yeah. know, like soaring over California or something. That's when 3D would be cool. But yeah, you know, I I don't need 3D when I'm watching. Uh, Fast and the Furious. That's just silly. <laughs> yeah. Like, charge us the same amount. Just get rid of the 3D. Like, I don't care. Did you ever... Um, this this did not catch on, but did you ever see a movie in that Barco format where it's, like, three different screens? No, like ones I never in did. Front. So, this... I honestly, I can think of like two movies that did it. They did like the Maze Runner and then they did like one of the newest Star Trek movies. Yeah. Um, but I had thought that that was going to catch on mm-hmm. um, more so than 3D because it was kind of, it wrapped the cinema. It was kind of immersive and added this neat depth to the movie. Um, I was excited to see that catch on and it didn't at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what a shame! It sucks because there's there's these board meetings where all these studio execs are trying to push, like, how do we make more money? How do we create more immersion? Like, oh, let's make the seats move. Let's make the mm-hmm. you know, let's all this gimmicky stuff. But at the end of the day, like, if there's not a good story and not good characters, it's all just such a waste. Yeah, I went and saw Aquaman in D box seating. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, every scene ends with someone like bursting through a wall. Yeah, you have shaken baby syndrome at the end of the movie. Yeah, by the end, I just felt miserable. Yeah, my, like I was, I was like, my gosh, man, I'm, I'm tired. Like I am drained from this, like this experience. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to watch a D box movie again, man. Yeah, I've done it once, and then I never did it again. <laughs> I remember doing Pacific Rim in D box. Yeah, and it was pretty cool because you felt the robot move you felt I was like okay this is pretty sweet yeah yeah but Aquaman just made me feel miserable mm-hmm. <laughs> it was 3D and D-Box so it was just like what am I doing to my body right now <laughs> yeah okay here's a good one I like this one do you have any pre-movie watching rituals like getting certain snacks or drinks and stuff oh yeah um, I definitely do I like to go to the Seven Eleven by my house and uh, usually I'll grab a, depending on if I'm tired or not, I'll grab a Red Bull, um, nice. a Wonder Bar, and like mm. a bag of Miss Vicky chips. Those oh, are like my, nice. Yeah, my like go-to snacks. And then I like to, I like to come home, get everything like or like you know done so that I don't have to get up. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I just turn it on and watch it. Nice. That's a that's nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, we'll usually grab a bag or two of uh, hard bite potato chips. They're kind of mm-hmm. like uh, a BC brand down here. They're really tasty. We'll grab um, um, 
we'll grab some uh, some popcorn. I, I I'm such a popcorn guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll dim the lights. It sucks. We're we're in. A, I have to be noise conscious for the most part because we're in like an apartment. But mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll turn the lights down. We'll turn on the backlight on the TV. I'll try to pick a color that matches the film ish. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's for us. It's it's not just it's not you know in some households it's like okay there's a movie on but you're still kind of just whatever. But in our household, man, like our phones are off. We're mm-hmm. not off, but you know they're in the kitchen or something. And we're like, we're glued to the TV. Like, it's really, it's really an experience. Yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. You should explain. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know, like a, a backlit, what he means by that is uh, Dan and I both have this LED strip that goes behind our TV so that you can change the uh, mood lighting as you watch whatever show it is. I highly suggest... Uh, those of you who do not have that already do it because it makes your viewing experience so much better. Um, mm-hmm. You don't strain your eyes and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just cool mood lighting that goes behind it. Sorry. Yes. I feel, I felt like I had to explain that. Oh no, that's so true. Like if you find that you get tired and fatigued or maybe even fall asleep when you try to watch movies, mm-hmm. get a back, get a backlight. It'll change your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. You, like, it's amazing how much it will change your movie viewing experience. And especially when you have, um, like if you have something that has really nice nature shots, you can you know, like if you're watching, uh, like blue planet or something like that, you can turn on blue light and it just, it just adds so much to whatever you're viewing. Yeah, it really like spills it out into the room, really pulls yeah. you in. Yeah, it's nice. And then you can see your snack dishes and stuff too. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, we should do this question. Uh, what was it like when you first watched Star Wars? Because I feel for you and I, Star Wars was um, a pretty big part of our childhood, right? Oh, and, yeah. And uh, even growing up now, it's still pretty big. So in terms of uh, movies that have left an impact in me, I think Star Wars is probably one of the biggest ones. Total game changer. Yeah. yeah. Total game changer. Man, I wanted to be an X-Wing pilot so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, even more than a Jedi, I just wanted to fly an X-Wing. Like my grandpa uh, built and designed aircraft. So piloting and flying was always like um, something that I looked up to and thought, I want to be that. So when I saw the Death Star trench run for the first time. I was hooked. Yeah. Um, I remember, man, when I was a kid, I used to, like like a little kid, I used to, we had this little rocking chair, like a kiddie rocking chair. I'd park it in front of the TV and I would grab like a stick or a, like a flute or anything that I could pretend is a flight stick. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and, and, and fast forward on the VHS tape to when the Death Star trench assault starts. And I would just sit there and pretend that I was Luke Skywalker flying that <laughs> X-Wing. It was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think it was after episode one, uh, I went and I saw it with my friend. And then we, like, walked to Walmart after and I bought a lightsaber. And then we just, like, <laughs> went in my backyard and he threw, like, pine cones at me while I tried to hit them with a lightsaber. <laughs> like, do, you, do you remember how well you did? Do we get? Oh, I was like, I don't know, maybe like two for five, something like that. Yeah. Oh, but, man, um, that's wicked. Yeah, so I, I think my first time watching it, I remember I was at one of my aunt's house and um, 
someone just turned on the movie as to like keep these kids quiet kind of thing. Keep these kids in their place. Yeah, yeah. And then I just remember being so like entranced by it and being, what is this? Because I think when I watched it was right right around the time that they did the re-release on like VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, so that had to be like what, 90, 94, 93, somewhere right around there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, cause you know, I grew up in a, um, like an Indian household. So some of my parents didn't know what Star Wars was. Nobody right. told me I had like zero influence and this movie just got randomly put on and I was just like fell in love with it. Man, that's so sweet. Yeah. My yeah, my my dad, my dad hated the remastered. Hated mm. them. Yeah. Hated the new special effects. We would um we had the original VHSs, we had them on laserdisc. If anyone remembers laserdiscs, they're like these huge they're maybe like 10 inches in diameter. They're like records, like LPs mm-hmm. that you would you'd have to flip them halfway through the film and so you know, that was that was how I I grew to know Star Wars. Uh when I watch them now on Blu-ray, I'm always a little bit, uh, I'm always a little bit, uh, uh, disoriented when I see some of the stuff cause it doesn't resonate with what I saw growing up, but yeah, you yeah, it was always the such, naked Twi'leks. I know it was always such a ritual <laughs> pulling out these massive laser discs and making sure they were dusted off and, yeah. you know, uh, Kids today don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've really dated ourselves in this uh, this episode we, here. We have, but I think, you know, anyone listening to this is probably going to be around our age who's yeah. willing to take a chance on some of these sort of films. That being said, there's two more questions that you had here that I wanted to touch on before you mm-hmm. wrap this up. This up. Um, first one, which I thought was awesome, is what, in your opinion, is the most underrated movie? Hmm. Oh, this is a tough one for me. I think I would have to go off of my uh, favorite list here and say Swiss Swiss Army Man. A um, lot of people don't understand <laughs> that movie to begin with, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's probably what I would go with. Yeah, yeah. What mm-hmm. about you? Uh, I'm gonna go with a movie called UHF, which was <laughs> okay. Yeah. It stars Weird Al Yankovic. It's the only movie that really stars Weird Al Yankovic. Um, to this day, I quote this film more often than I should. Every time I watch it, I laugh I, like so freaking hard. It's mm-hmm. it's one of the most meta, uh, hilarious comedies to this day. Honestly, I um, it was a total box office flop when it came out. Um, and to this day, people still ask Weird Al in interviews, are you going to make another one? Are you going to make another one? And he plays around with it. He kind of hints at it. But um, if you haven't seen UHF or if you haven't seen it in a long time, oh my God, it is, uh, it is, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's a, it's a total absurd comedy. That's a movie I have to rewatch. It's been years you- since I've seen it. You know those kind of comedies where, like, it's almost like when we talked about Master of Disguise, where mm-hmm. they're just kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, it's totally like that. Okay, okay. I remember um, the teacher turned it on in like my grade ten drama class, and I like I knew about the movie and I knew what it was. 
but I was just more interested in talking to girls or trying to talk to girls anyways and then paying attention to the movie. So I kind of like half watched it. So I that is definitely one that I have to like go back and watch. Yeah, man. You should check it out. I highly recommend it. I wish I wish it was held in higher regard than it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm tempted to quote it even now, but I won't because it won't mean anything. It won't mean anything to you. So I have to go watch that movie and you have to go watch uh, Swiss Army Man. Deal. Let's do it and we'll reconvene. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's just, yeah, Swiss Army Man, it like, cause, because of the ending of the movie, it makes it's one of those movies where you're just like, I don't know what I just watched or what to think about this. <laughs> and that's how it leaves you. And that's why I love it. Oh, man. I have to check it out. I have to finally, finally nut up and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, Aaron, do mm-hmm. you consider yourself to be a movie buff? Oh, now this is an interesting question because um, I think typically movie buffs are like, well, you know, I can answer all this trivia and do all this stuff. And in my opinion, I don't think that that's how it should work. I think, A, do you enjoy watching movies? Yes. Right. And like, B, will you watch almost anything? And if you say yes, then yeah. And like, I also think there's a certain quota of movies that you have to fulfill and see. But I by no means think that you have to have extensive knowledge to be a buff. Um, Mm -hmm. You just have to be, you have to genuinely enjoy them and watch like almost just watch like a ton of movies essentially uh what about you what do you think yeah i i think at this point i definitely definitely consider myself a movie buff um they've been such a big part of my upbringing my dad was a huge movie buff so Mm -hmm. like um uh when i say that i grew up watching a movie at night i mean across the spectrum like i grew up watching everything from like Errol Flynn, old black and white movies and John Wayne country Western movies and like spaghetti Westerns and, you know, classics like Casablanca and, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, the Maltese Falcon, Alfred Hitchcock movies. Like I grew up in, in, in a really cultured house in that sense where nothing was off limits. So, um, I know, I know a ton about films and filmmaking and, and, um, you know, I, I can tell you who did the music and this and that and blah, 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 all that kind of trivia stuff. Um, but I definitely have a, a, a supreme admiration for them. Um, I, I write stories. I, um, I have a strong interest in special effects and things like that. And it's something that I'm trying to kind of bust into doing professionally. So I, I think, honestly, like when it comes to um, movies, I definitely have a, a, a deep-rooted fondness for them. Old movies, new movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm the kind of guy that one weekend will go watch a Marvel film in theaters and then the next weekend go down to the, you know, the Rio or the local um, independent house and watch some obscure film that, you know, with 10 other people in the cinema. So yeah, that's kind of my jam. I'm all over the place. Yeah. That makes sense. Me too. Yeah. I like it all, man. I, in my opinion, It's it's not like one genre of film, even though I notice mm-hmm. that my favorite films are one genre of film. But there's there's good movies and there's not so good movies. Yeah, but they all have something to offer. Essentially, like, do you love movies? Yeah, so you're a movie buff. You, but the, <laughs> do you, you love movies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get into that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I always say this too. Like, you can't be you can't love movies and only love one type. It just doesn't make sense. If you love movies, you love sense. you you love them all. 
And that's yes. just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so um, I hope I hope this uh, I hope this helped paint a picture a little bit of of uh, our approach to this podcast and mm-hmm. some of our thoughts on movies in general. Um, yeah, if this is uh, this is the introduction, if this is where you're starting, uh, then welcome aboard. We're glad to have you. We hope that you enjoy uh, the first season. Uh, again, as we find our groove, you know, the, the the quality varies a little bit here. We're kind of retroactively recording this episode, mm-hmm. so you'll notice that hopefully the episodes get better as they go, as we find our groove and, and how we want to approach these and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're so excited that uh, to have you along, and we're excited to do this. Like, uh, I hope... Hmm. If anything, I hope you are getting the, the getting the sense that we are super stoked to <laughs> talk about these films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe you're you've you found you got a little stagnant in your movie watching or your movie watching ways here, and so listening to this podcast and kind of maybe even watching a few bad movies uh, that we've covered will, I find, give you a new perspective on things, and new perspective is always good. It's always good. And just as a warning, most uh, pretty much all of our episodes are going to be spoilery in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you have a look at that movie title before we start talking about it. Because if it's a movie that you specifically do not want spoiled, um, I would say watch the film before listening to us talk about it. Yes. Because I, I don't want to, uh, um, you know, we want to give you some things to chew on, but we don't want to per se spoil the experience. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll sign off there. Um, Looking forward to sharing these next episodes. The first one out of the gate is going to be Waterworld, and uh, we'll catch you in the first episode. Bye!